got your Bibles, we're going to Proverbs chapter 4 first, and then we're going uh, from there to Psalm 26. Um, this week I had the privilege of, uh, on Friday night, um, I got, up, got up to Tuhoro. Has anyone been to Tuhoro? Does anyone know that Tuhoro is part of the Kapiti Coast? If you haven't been there, the beach is really fantastic. Just don't drive on it, uh, just saying. Um, actually, that's probably true about most beaches across the Kapiti Coast. Don't take your cars on them unless you're launching a boat. That's just a straight-up rule. Um, but that's beside the point. I went to Tuhoro, a beautiful part of uh, the Kapiti Coast. Um, <laughs> sorry, just got a bit distracted by current issues. Um, and I was there at the school, actually. Uh, there's, there was a whole bunch of uh, camper vans and caravans that arrived there because uh, I was coming. They all turned up. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. No, uh, they were there and I showed up. Um, I'd been asked to come and speak to a group called Good News Vanners. Has anyone heard of Good News Vanners? Some of you have. Okay. So apparently, this is this whole world that I didn't know about, um, there's this group of people who regularly get in their motorhomes or tow their caravans and go all around New Zealand and show up at different places uh, and, and have a sort of a rally there together, um, which sounds interesting, doesn't it? Oh, to have the time and, and the energy to be able to do that, uh, drive around, but it, it, apparently they do it uh, all the time. Um, this, this whole world... Uh, has anyone heard of the New Zealand Motor Caravan Association? Most of you will have heard of that. Apparently most people over 60 are a member of that. It's like the gold card of, of retired people as you become a member of that as well. Because if you travel around New Zealand, apparently they have camp, campsites all over the place that you can go and stay, to, stay for free. If you're a member of the association, and the association only costs 80 bucks a year. Which I'm like, why didn't they let the young people know about that? <laughs> Probably because the places would be crowded out. Uh, anyway, I'm a, I, anyway, so there's this thing, and part of that association is this group called the Good News Vanners, and they have um, they have groups all over the New Zealand uh, where people. So once every couple of months, they organise a rally, and a whole bunch of these these people, followers of Jesus, come together. I thought that might be obvious from the name Good News Vanners. Um, they come together in a space and they hang out for the weekend and they have some worship and they have fun together and just encourage each other and they invite guest speakers in. And I had the privilege on Friday night of going and joining this group. And it was, uh, it was awesome because I was the second youngest person there. <laughs> uh, there was one younger um, who was the daughter of one of the couples so had come along uh, as well, um, and she would have been, I, I'm, I'm guessing, but probably slightly younger than me um, as well. But it was, it was fun. I, the, how many of you remember, now this is going to show your age, there was a brown book, a red book, and a yellow book. Does anyone remember those? Songs of Praise, Songs of Kingdom, Songs of the Nations, three of them. For those of you who are over the age of 30, you might remember that. If you're immigrants to New Zealand, you probably won't remember it. 
Um, but back in the 70s and 80s, there was this big movement across New Zealand where we um, led primarily by David and Dale Garrett, they were back then. Uh, they probably still are now, actually, David and Dale Garrett. Um, but they led a movement of putting, uh, putting Scripture to music uh, and what became Scripture and song and ended up going around the world, actually, and changing, changing uh, music in the church forever, really, because it took us from, from hymns to what they called choruses. And there was this whole, through the 70s and 80s, there was this whole challenge in the church of this shift from hymns with 12 verses to choruses with one verse and a chorus, or sometimes just a chorus. Uh, and, and the whole tension that existed around this change of music style, because with that came guitars and keyboards and drums and bass and all of that came into the church. Uh, and, and out went the hymns, the organs slowly disappeared. Uh, unless there are some churches that still use organs, but in, in a lot of places... I went through this personally myself. I saw it in our church where the organ transitioned from being on the stage, it slowly transitioned across to the side of the stage and then off the stage down to the bottom um, and eventually disappeared out of the room completely. Uh, and guitars and drums and things uh, took over as, as things changed. It's, and I was, I was sitting with these guys and I was going, this is really, really interesting that we have a group of people that meet regularly and, and they're all of a certain age group and, and they're remembering back to when they were younger and singing these songs that stir faith in them for today. And I'm not criticising it. Please don't hear me that I'm criticising it at all because actually it was inspiring because you had 55 to 60 people in this room who were singing their hearts out and who were enjoying each other and enjoying the presence of God. And it reminded me of when I was 13. And the amazing thing was, I remembered every single one of the songs. They even brought out one that, um, that apparently they'd never sung before. And I'm like, yeah, I know this one too. <laughs> and sta standing in the front row and, and singing these songs. And it was awesome. But the thing that was the most inspiring thing for me was these guys desire, as even as older people, and, and, and I just encourage those of you here with more and more grey hair or lack of hair as I am, one of the things they're wrestling with is the purpose of God as we get older. Does God still have mission for us? Does God still have a purpose for us as we get older? Because often we feel like we fade out of out of importance, and the next generation comes up. Because that's what we you always talk about, the next generation. Churches often talk about the next generation. And I just, I, I just want to encourage us today. You know, one of the things, yes, we have a, a young, we've got young people. We've got, you know, Mark and Andrea leading a fantastic ministry, 50 on Friday. But you know what? As much as that's important, what's actually equally as important is that those of us who get older in our faith and in our age naturally, things stop working and you're not quite as physically active as you were. You're not going to go on the beach and let yourself be buried in sand anymore necessarily. But you still have um, ministry and mission that God has given you. 
And actually, we need you to be as active today as an older person as you were when you were 25 in your faith. We actually need you more active because our young people need you to not just sit um, and, and wait till we go to heaven, but actually continue to be outworking the faith, the mission that God's got for you. Because young people today, and I would say this is true, you know what was inspiring is I saw these older people in the prime of their life still chasing God. Not sitting back. Sure, they're in a camper van and they're going around and enjoying stuff, but I was talking to some of, the, some of them afterwards and one of them was saying how um, after each rally, they head off and they visit these different little communities around, around New Zealand, just random communities. He named about four or five of them, of which I knew zero of them, because they're back in the, out in the wop-wops and the boondocks, whatever word you want to use, off the beaten track. Most of us are too busy to go to them, but they have time and they go there. And they said, he said to me, every time we go to a new, new place, we pray for that place. We pray that God would move in that place. We pray that God would visit the people who live there. And, and they connect with the people and they pray for the people and they get themselves involved in that place. And I'm like, and there was this real sense from him of even while they're enjoying their retirement, there's a still a sense of mission and purpose in what they're doing. And I just want to um, take a moment, young people, just, we need, um, we need you those of you who got grey hair and whatever, yes, we might not sing the hymns and the praise, the songs of praise and have the brown book and the red book and the blue book anymore um, in churches, but you still have the purpose of God in you. And we need you to be pursuing that. Don't feel like you don't have anything to offer, please. That's not my message, but... I thought it was pertinent this morning. And, and one of the things that I want, and I, the, probably the other thing that inspired me was when I'm 75, I still want to be passionate about the mission of God in my life. That's another half of my life on top of where I am at the moment. I still want that. And it's inspiring when I see people who are already there who are showing me that it can still happen, even though I've been 75, 80 years in the church following Jesus, there's still something in my heart that I feel I've got to contribute to this planet and God's plan on this place. We need you. So don't feel like you're missing out or feel like you're excluded, please. Hallelujah. Amen? Fantastic. Whew. I've got six minutes. Here we go. I'm just going to channel Shane Willard for a second and speak really fast. No, that's not true. Um, uh, I'm not going to do that. Proverbs 4.23. So above all else, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay, pay attention to the welfare of your inmost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. If you remember, I'm finally getting back to part two of a message that I, um, I preached back in October last year. Does anyone remember the first part? No one? 
Oh, some of you do. Oh, great. Interestingly enough, it's our older people who remember, uh, none of the young people. Come on, the old people. Yes, older people. Um, mature people, sorry. I'm sure it's older. Pretty sure it's older. Um, but that's probably offensive, is it? So anyway, so if you want to go back to it, you can go back on our podcast, the 30th of October, 2022, first part. This is a passage that to me has been, um, been pivotal in, in my world for a long time because Solomon wrote it, or so they say, and he was... The scriptures say that God, he asked God for wisdom and God gave it to him in spades. And this is one of the verses that is assigned to the wisest man who ever lived. And he says, so above all else, above all. And that word all means all, everything. So above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your inmost being, for from it flows, from there flows the wellspring of life. Now, in my first message, I talked about heart and what that was, and I talked about uh, the wellspring of life, or some translations would say the issues of life, um, flow from the heart. That idea of that issues of life is a Hebrew word that is translated or often translated as seasons. Um, and the idea is that if, if you keep your heart and guard your heart and make that your priority to guard its affections and guard the condition of it, that it is possible for you to live in a perpetual springtime in your life. Hmm. I, I love spring and um, it's, a, it's a great aim, I think, for all of us in terms of our lives. So I want to I jump on from that this morning. Uh, in my three minutes that I have left. Perpetual springtime. Psalm chapter 20, uh, Psalm 26, uh, verses one to eight. Psalm 26, one to eight says this, Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. For I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. And I want to just um, quickly jump out of, this, uh, out of this passage to give you 10 points in getting close. Actually, nine, nine points. I was going to put 10, but then I deleted one at the end. Um, nine points about how moving forward you can guard your heart so that you live in a perpetual springtime. And I'm super conscious that this morning I'm not probably going to get through them all. Um, but one of the things I want to give us is some practical things that you can use in your everyday life and your everyday following Jesus that will help you to guard your heart. And I'll try to give them 
from this passage, but in, uh, in a context of the things that I've experienced in my life that work for me. And I want to just give them to you as a, as a gift this morning and probably next week or whenever I can get to part three. Um, because I want us to be people that have healthy hearts where we're living out of a perpetual springtime. The first one um, is, is there in uh, verse one. It says, Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I've acted with integrity. So one of the things that um, for a long time, there have, two th- there have been two things really in my life that I have uh, set my face towards and said, God, I want to be that person. One was, um, I want to be a person of wisdom. That was the first thing. The second one, I want to be a person of integrity. Integrity to me is, is, comes from the root word, which is integer in English, which is, which is one. So it's this idea that you are a person that's the same on the outside as you are on the inside. That you are a person of integrity is when you don't hide things but you are who you are. You don't put on a mask and create an image of who you would like to be, where on the inside you're nothing even close to that. You don't behave in a certain way with this group of people and in a different way with this group of people. You don't say one thing in private and then say another thing in public. Those are the kinds of uh, ideas that fit around this idea of integrity. And, and for me, one of the first things in terms of guarding your heart is that you work on being a person who is a person of integrity. If you realise that there are things going on in your inner world that you are not happy with bringing into your outer world, then you need to deal with what's going on in your inner world. Do you understand? Because what happens is sometimes we put on this face of what we, we like or what we think other people want to see because we all want to be accepted. We all want to be liked. We all want to have relationship with people. And so sometimes there's things going on in our hearts that if we, we actually subconsciously know if I let that bit out, potentially people aren't going to like me, Right? And so we bury that thing and we ignore that thing and, and we try to not deal with that thing because if, if we actually acknowledge it, people aren't going to accept us, people aren't going to like us, all that kind of stuff that goes on in our worlds all the time. The problem, the more and more that we bury stuff in our lives where we, where we know that there are things that aren't healthy, attitudes, thoughts, Ways of behaving that we're happy to do when we're by ourselves, but there's no way we would ever show that when we're with others. The more you live your life with stuff going on in your inner world that you're not wanting to bring on the outer world, that you're trying to ignore and hide, the harder it is to live life free. Are you with me? One of the things, one of the words for us as a church is this idea of freedom. For us to be people who are living with healthy hearts and living in the freedom that God's got for us, 
You and I have got to get to a point where internally we're addressing the issues that are affecting how we engage with the world around us. Does that make sense? We need to be people of integrity. So one of the things that I set my, set my mind to early on was this idea, God, I wanna be a person of integrity. And what I, what, I find, what I found within myself was there were times when given enough time, you forget stuff. Like if you're in a situation and you're, you're putting a, a show on, like you're creating this image of who you are that isn't the real you. There comes a point where you can no longer sustain that mask because you'll come into a position and you forgot what you were like in that one and you're like, Something different here. And, and I found that with, as, a, as I stepped into leadership more and into areas of responsibility, I found people noticed those differences. And they pointed them out to you. Because that's what happens when you, when you put yourself out there with people is people notice the bits that don't line up. You said this here uh, and... You're like that there. Let me tell you, one of the leadership was an important one, but when I had kids, that became even more obvious. Does anyone, if you haven't had kids yet, uh, they're the greatest gift in the world for exposing a lack of integrity. <laughs> That's why I got that gift from heaven, because God wants us to live with integrity, because it's actually an easier way to live. It's way easier if you can just be who you are with, with whoever there is around, right? Because I've dealt with something internally and I've allowed God into that. That's the first part for me of guarding your heart is being a person of integrity. So actually dealing with the stuff on the inside. David in this passage makes that abundantly clear. He says, test me and examine me, God. Check my heart out. I want it to be healthy. I want to be a person of integrity. And the second one that goes with that is, is this idea of trust. So again in verse, verse, uh, verse one there, it says, I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Integrity and dealing with the issues of the heart go hand in hand with trusting God. I'm going to say that again. Integrity and issues of and dealing with the issues of the heart, the things that are internal to us, go hand in hand with trusting the Lord. Now, why do I say that? Because life goes in places you don't expect it to go sometimes. And often those changes in, in what we're expecting, those shifts in our journey, if you like, those Challenges that arise, they're there because God is wanting to use those to build integrity in your heart. And He uses those experiences to expose stuff. You with me? And for me to deal with those things He's exposing, I've got to trust that God knows what He's doing. I've got to trust that God is good that He loves me, that He's got a plan for my life that's for my good and not for evil, 
that He's actually wanting to bring me through the journey of life to a point where I am a person of integrity, that I am confidently able to be who He's created me to be in whatever circumstance and whatever place I'm in. I don't have to hide things. I don't have to lie about things. I've got to trust that God is taking me on a journey and whatever I'm working through and walking through, He's wanting to do stuff that is dealing with the issues of my heart so that my heart is guarded and kept so that I can live in that season of springtime. And that's why Paul, uh, why David in the next verse in verse two says, put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine my heart. I trust that you've got my best in store. And for me to live as a person of integrity, I actually need you, God, to deal with it. Because there's sometimes that I am blind to my own issues. That's why he puts you in families. That's why he puts you in community is because in relationship with other people, God uses other people. Some says iron sharpens iron. He uses other people to point out your issues. And some of, some of us aren't very good at dealing, dealing with that. When people challenge us. Sometimes we're not very good at challenging people nicely, kindly. Put me on trial, Lord. Cross-examine me. Test my motives in my heart. Because God wants us to live as people of integrity through our trust of Him. I'm going to finish there. Two, two points in. Um, and I'll leave you some homework. See if you can figure out the other seven from the rest of the verse. See, I want us to be people, and I think God wants us to be people who live with a heart that is healthy. Solomon would say that in, uh, for you and I to live in the fullness of what God's got for us, that the most important thing is we guard the condition of our heart, that we look after what's going on in here. And that is sometimes my personal experience is the hardest bit of your work as a follower of Jesus is dealing with the issues in your own heart. But the amazing thing of God's presence with us is that if we're willing to step up to the plate and own what's going on, he's able to help us to shift it and change it. That's the amazing God we, we serve and who's active in our lives. You don't have to work hard on your own to become someone because God's already working on your behalf. And you just need to trust him and let him do his great work. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for your presence amongst us. Thank you that you are always at work. As we sing today, that you are always working. Even when I can't feel it, even when I can't see it, you're working on our behalf. Father, I pray for every person here. That you would help us all to be people who are learning to work, walk in integrity. That we're learning to address the issues of our heart. 
We're learning to look at our inside world and go, man, I've really got to address that. And God, that as we do that, you would join us in that process of transformation. That you would join us in that process of shifting from the old us to the new us. Shifting from our old lives to our new lives, from our old sinful nature to our new creation resurrection nature. God, I pray for all of us that you would help us to do that. Help us to guard our hearts so that we can live in the fullness of all that you've got for us in freedom as we journey with wisdom. God, I bless uh, every person today. I bless their families. I bless their workspaces. I bless their education spaces. I bless their homes. That in every way your presence would be felt and that they would know that they are on a mission from God and that you're working each other's in, in, in each of our lives, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.